This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1186, When the Holidays Bring the Memory of Loss, by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. Hello, everybody. My name is Greg Audino. I am your host and narrator here on the show that is all about improving your relationships, one narration at a time, one day at a time, holidays included. And uh, this post leans into the holidays and the parts of them that can be very difficult to deal with namely the loss of someone we love who isn't around this season. Dr. Margaret Rutherford, a really talented writer and therapist whose work we love to share, has some thoughts about this. So let's check out her work now and optimize your life. When the Holidays Bring the Memory of Loss by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com December 17th, 2007, the day my mom died. I can remember where I was standing when my brothers called me. 9.23 a.m., in my kitchen, in front of the stove. It was odd hearing from Spencer that morning. His halting but loving voice came over the line. Margaret, mom died. Just three words. I was shocked, even though she was in her early 80s. She hadn't been well mentally, but physically, supposedly, had no problems. I don't remember much about the next few hours, except I canceled my patients for the next few days. It was hard to decide what to say. A death in the family didn't sound right somehow. It wasn't enough. I remember wishing that I had known that she was going to die, because I didn't have anything to wear. It was a terribly silly thing to think, but a distraction. My mother was always beautifully dressed, and she was patiently waiting for me to get out of my jeans period, as she called it. I chose an olive green outfit but knew that mother didn't really like me in green. I needed something blue, but there was no time. When I saw my mother's body at the funeral home, it was so odd. Maybe it was because I hadn't watched her die, but an awful sound gushed out of my throat like a wounded animal. I was alone, having driven down from Fayetteville to Pine Bluff, my hometown. My family owns the funeral home, so they had put her body back in the chapel area, where I had been many times in the past, often with her. I so wanted her to move, to respond to me. That's when it began to sink in. I had worked at the funeral home during the summers. I had seen many people dead. Just not my mom. Not my mother. First, we had a private service with my father, who was too physically frail to attend a church service. Held in their bedroom, it was tender and moving. Her funeral was a comedy of errors. My mother had been a Juilliard-trained musician, as a pianist and organist. I had met with the organist and the pastor to specifically plan regal, ceremonious music, music that my mother would have loved. They, unfortunately, decided to take matters into their own hands. Instead of playing what I had requested, the pastor had opted for some ditty called Life is a Symphony. It sounded like music you would hear at a carnival. I expected a performing monkey to run down the aisle at any moment. I was disgusted. My brother Adam's shoulders were shaking with silent laughter. Mother would have left if she could have. As the family followed the casket down the aisle at the end of the service, I had a severe panic attack. Maybe it looked like I was distraught. I was trembling, sweating. I had filled myself full of beta blockers before the service, anticipating such a response. Still, the panic won. I shook uncontrollably, almost fell in my high-heeled boots, and clung to the usher who was leading me out. I rushed into the waiting limousine. Dad died one week later, on Christmas Eve. He had been very ill. His death, although terribly hard for us emotionally, 
was a blessing for him. If you've lost someone you love this year, or if it's the anniversary of their death, you can celebrate their life by creating a ritual that is meaningful for you. We were numb at that point. We planned his service for a few days later. I had time to actually go buy a dress. I walked into the store, making a joke about needing a dress for a funeral. While inside, my heart was breaking. I bought low-heeled pumps. At the church, many people kindly said they loved each other so much, they were supposed to go together. You know, that stuff doesn't help, and I don't believe it anyway. I have known a lot of people who deeply loved their spouses, who outlived them many years. I think my father had been sick for so long that he may have given himself permission to let go. But that's it. Christmas was a blur. Christmas of 2008 was hard. I made a point of giving each grandchild a piece of my mother's jewelry. That's how I coped. As a family, we did a Dirty Santa game, which was something we had never had as a tradition. It helped us through our vulnerability, but it's interesting that we haven't done it since. To everything, there is a season. I've watched many people go through the holidays trying to cope with complicated emotions. Many are mourning what their families never were, are not now, or never will be capable of being. Physical abuse, alcoholism, and drug abuse, even neglect or emotional estrangement, becomes more poignant during that time of year. It stings more. If there has been death during this time, and especially if it's a death by suicide, it can feel like you are trudging through each day, waiting to take a breath in January. If you've lost someone you love this year, or if it's the anniversary of their death, you can celebrate their life by creating a ritual that is meaningful for you. You can honor that they are still alive in your heart and mind, and always will be. I plan to do the same. You just listened to the post titled, When the Holidays Bring the Memory of Loss, by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. And thanks so much to Dr. Margaret for that really vulnerable and heartwarming read. So, we stay with the idea of grief between this episode and the two prior. And hopefully, uh, what we can take from all of this is that the losses we're sad about, similar to the wins or gains we're jovial about, come in seasons. And those seasons are best approached with honor and gratitude. Thankful for what we've learned and what we've been given, and anticipating ups and downs as the seasons inevitably shapeshift again. Are we always capable of doing this? Of course not. But we can always lean into the practice of asking ourselves if we are healthily attached to the season we're in, and the feelings we have, and the people by our sides. Are we relating to it all well? Are we allowing ourselves to feel the way we need to? Or are we clinging to a person, a place, a feeling, or a desire that simply is not in season right now? Maybe it's a lot to consider, but I hope you'll treat yourself as well as you can next time you are in a place of loss. That's going to do it for this one, though, everyone. I thank you so much for being here and listening to another tougher yet important episode. And do be sure to come on back tomorrow for another post that can help you thrive in your relationships. That's where your optimal life awaits.